Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. This is the Logistics of Logistics podcast, and my name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we have an awesome guest today. Today's topic is frictionless logistics. It's the collaboration, stupid, with my friend, Caton Karkanis. Welcome, Caton. Hey, Joe. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And a big hello to everybody listening in. Really appreciate your time, and I hope to have a great conversation. Yeah, I, after making Kate and wait about a half an hour because I can't use my own recording equipment, I, 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 I will forever owe him. Yeah, I, that was fun waiting for you, watching you fumble with your microphone. Oh, sorry, I should not say that on air. Sorry, <laughs> we should edit all that. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's so. Anyway, this is this can be a great podcast. Before we go any further, tell us a little bit about what company do you work for, where do you live, and. What's your title over there? All that kind of stuff. Joe, uh, I'm the chief product officer at a massively exciting and disruptive startup in the Silicon Valley, Turbo. You can check us out at turbo.com. Joined the company a couple of years ago and run design product. And really what I think my job is to help customers get more productive in what they want to achieve. I don't think of my job as building software. My job is helping our customers be more productive, more efficient, more resilient, and more ready for the future. Excellent. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about you and where you grew up, where you went to school, what you did prior to joining Turvo. Oh, I've, I've had, you know, I, I like to say it many times and it will never be old is I've had a very blessed life. You know, I'm very grateful. I'm very, very grateful for the journey I've had. I grew up in India. My parents, lovely people, learned so many things from them. Started off, I did my bachelor's in computer science. So surprise, I was an engineer to begin with and I was coding and doing AS400 back in 97, if you want to care. Then, uh, you know, I, I happened to come across Cisco Systems in San Jose and I decided to move to America because uh, I was fascinated by the idea of coming to the Silicon Valley. You know, it was like, whoa, you hear about these things, you see these things on TV and you're like, I want to go there. I know it sounds like a typical immigrant dream, but it was, you know, it was a typical immigrant dream. You know, it's interesting as somebody from India who gets an engineering degree, I've worked with millions of, it feels like Indian guys. And what's interesting is I think like the first generation of Indian guys kind of took engineering roles and did very well in them, but they didn't get to the top of the house. They weren't looked at as managers. And I think now you look across the top of Silicon Valley and you're like, it's all Indian guys. It's almost like the maybe it was a recognition that, hey, they're more than just technical. And I have a very good friend, Raman, and he always says, He's a brilliant people person and he's a brilliant manager. He's also a great engineer. And he said, the world needs so many engineers. He goes, so you always get sucked into it. <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, I always feel like saying, I don't have an engineering degree. I was like, but you have two. He goes, I know, but I also, I'm an MBA and I like people. <laughs> right. I know exactly. And, you know, I learned a lot. Cisco was such a fantastic company to be in. We are talking 99, 2000, 2002 timeframes. Learned a lot along the way, did my MBA in marketing and finance, really wanted to understand the business of product, and then uh, came across Salesforce. So now we are in 2010, and I really, that was a fantastic time. The cloud was 
kind of getting started back in 2010, you know. That was a great time to start there. What a roller coaster. Yeah, you know, I, I probably made two good decisions in my life. One was marrying my wife for 17 years, Pooja, and the second was joining Salesforce in 2010. And Turbo <laughs> so, in 2020. And Turbo now. And, and, you know, I joined Salesforce, learned a lot, built a lot of cloud products there. And then after 10 years in Salesforce, I was just taking a step back and looking at the technology landscape. You know, I've done AI, I've done data, I've done CRM, I've done databases, I've done a lot. But I kind of stepped back and and I started looking at the landscape and I came across supply chain, logistics, transportation. And I was just, I don't know how to put it mildly, I was like confused. <laughs> I, I was like, what is happening here? What are all these systems doing? And some of them are 30 years old. And I was looking at some screenshots and I'm like, whoa. That looks like straight out of 1970s movie. Yeah, you guys, you techies, you, you ignored us for a long time. Now you're I all know. over us. So that's what <laughs> I'm trying to come to. I'm trying to come to that point is I feel technology has failed the supply chain logistics industry. And in the past few years, you're seeing a lot of innovation in what I call edge, you know, robotic warehouses, autonomous trucks, drones taking inventory, Fantastic, fantastic innovation. But I asked the question, which was something more fundamental. I'm like, okay, why is it so hard to move things from point A to point B? And I started looking at the systems of record, the engagement systems, the intelligence systems. And I'm like, whoa, there's a tremendous opportunity here. And as it so happens, I met Scott Lang, who's the CEO of Turbo. Fantastic person. Joe, you should have him on your show someday. Yes. <laughs> he joined Turbo in January. He's the ex-CEO, founding chairman of Silver Springs, which he took IPO and all that stuff. What a great gentleman. He and I got talking and I was so fascinated by his vision and what he's trying to do with Turbo. And I'm like, I, w- I want to be part of the team. I want to be part of the team. So I joined Turbo and I'm telling you, it's been the best two months uh, three months. I, it feels like this company is moving so fast. The people are amazing and I'm having a lot of fun. Well, that's excellent. That's excellent. I'm glad to hear it. And again, there are so many tech people who wouldn't have been here 10 years ago. It's really, I agree with you, coming from automotive, we had a lot of technology, but it was also a little easier in that we didn't have carrier networks of 10,000 people that all had to get connected. We didn't have, I mean, the complexity of this industry can be very difficult. And I think it was in some ways, it was ignored because people didn't want to take on that challenge, or maybe it was too big to take on. But anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. So today's topic is frictionless logistics. It's collaboration stupid. So we'll get into the collaboration stupid in a minute. But when you got here and you started taking a look, you, you mentioned you were looking at the industry. Talk about some of the things, say, state of the industry that you saw as still problem areas for us. Yeah, no, I, you know, let's not talk about technology for a second because, you know, there is a pe- there's, it's about people, right? So think about it. Let me ask you a question, Joe. If you want to move a simple truckload from Miami to Sacramento, Okay, just simple, nothing complicated. We're not doing LTL. We are not doing intermodal. We're just doing a simple truckload. That's it, right? How many companies do you think are involved in that one process? Well, you got got the shipper, but even within the shipper's house, there's a few people, right? You've got the sales guys who've sold it. There's the ops guys, the logistics guys, the guy on the dock. And then then there's a freight broker, a 3PL. Three companies, okay. Yeah, and then they got some people internally, right? Then you got to talk to uh, a trucking company at some point. They got to pick that up. Then you got to get it delivered to some receiver out in California. Right. So 
imagine there's a few people there who care about it, right? <laughs> <laughs> but broad strokes, at least five companies yeah. on a simple shipment, right? What's wrong with that picture? The problem is all these five companies have their own systems, their own technologies, their own silos, their own stacks. And the industry has been trying to solve this problem using good things like EDI and reports and emails and phone calls and fax and all that kind of stuff. So that's point one. And what is very, very important for all of us to understand is transportation is a team sport. I like it. What company (laughs) can do anything. It's a team sport. And have you ever seen a team succeed without teamwork? (laughs) Nope. (laughs) That's what collaboration is. So that's number one point. How do we systematize? How do we institutionalize? How do we make it seamless? That's number one. Number two point, which is very interesting to understand, to me, the challenge is technology has tried to come to the rescue and made the problem worse. And I'll tell you why, what that I mean. And technologists, we always do that, okay? We, 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 we think we are like, whoa. You can't help yourselves. <laughs> we just can't help ourselves, exactly, right? No, but the problem is, you know, companies have tried to address this problem by creating technology stacks. They take a one stack, a WMS, then they'll have a TMS, then they'll have an XYMS or P, whatever. They're going to have a stack on stack on stack on stack. Now, Joe, I love stacks when it comes to pancakes, but I don't like it when it comes to technology. <laughs> no. And all those stacks also, there's always, as soon as you get some new technology, you go, oh, it's going to be even better when we integrate it. And you're yes. like, oh my God, Nailed another it. integration. <laughs> <laughs> so you first create the problem and then you say, well, of course we are going to integrate it. And you spend two years trying to integrate it. By the time the things you're trying to integrate are kind of out of date. So, you know, it's just... I'll take you guys off the hook a little bit. I think every time I see like a technology and, you know, the new technology like the TMS, it was a really big step in the right direction. A lot of things got fixed, but it's like the world, that's the way the world works. As soon as you have that big advancement, then you go, yeah, but what about this? What about this? You find 10 more problems. (laughs) You have brought me to my third point, which is a lot of those things ended up becoming point solutions. And point solutions create silos and hence the demand on integration, right? But the bigger problem that happens is the biggest factor which is missing is we are having a very systems view of thing and a not a very customer view of things. I think so. Everybody needs to be really focused on one and one thing only. It's your customer. And how are you connecting with your customer? What is the customer experience? Are you sending them to a website with 50 portal links so that they can find the status of one shipment? How are they communicating with you? How are you interacting with them? And I think so that customer view will really make you think in a fresh way of what is it that we really need to move things. One can go on and on, but if you if you look at those three things, which I talked about, transportation is a team sport. You cannot just solve it by putting a stack on stack on stack and then integrate it. And number three, you cannot have a systems view of things only. You need to have a customer view of things. And I think so a lack of these appreciation for these three points creates a lot of problems. And that's what we at Turbo are trying to solve. Yeah, when we were talking offline prior to the podcast, we talked a little bit about systems. And I do like the systems. Obviously, there's been some nice advancements. I'm an engineer. I love systems, too. <laughs> yeah, but there is a weird thing that happens sometimes. And 
every once in a while I'll hear it when I'm working with a client is they'll say, yeah, Kate, you don't have to talk to me. You'll get an automated message yeah, from right. me. Sure. And maybe, and maybe sometimes you go, that's exactly what I want. I don't want to have a conversation about that. But there's other times where the technology is being used in a way that you say, we should have had a conversation about that. Or you're getting that automated something in an email the next day or something like that, right? Right. So there's these nuances where I say, I can send an automated message, but should I send an automated message? And and I think that's where we, when you talk about voice of the customer, that's where I think we're getting to is like technology people in the last few years have really gone all out in this idea of customer experience, which is fantastic because no longer is it going to be like, hey, I've got this system and it's going to manage you. <laughs> it's going to tell you how to live, how to work, and you can be monitored. You're like, no, I don't want that. What I want is something that works the way I work, that it's an extension of me, <laughs> intuitive. Intuitive and in context. I think so in context is key out here because, you know, the moment you take somebody out of the context of the work they are doing, you've broken their flow. You made them less productive. And I think so that's a very important point you're making. Yep. So talk a little bit more about the idea of it's collaboration, because that's then one of the part of the last part of our title. It's collaboration, stupid. And when we were prepping, you talk a lot about the idea of how do we collaborate better with our technology and our teams. I tell you back, not with our technology, with, with our teams, teams through technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, you know, the way I think about it is let's unpack it. Okay, let's unpack it a step by step and walk your listeners through uh, all of it, uh, because I think so. This is really important. Most people, when you think collaboration, most people try to associate it to, oh, I am sending an instant message to somebody or I am having something to do with the chat or something like that. Yes, you're correct. That is what I call level zero collaboration, or I call it actually small talk, right? That's small talk. If you see a product that just says, well, we let you message your shipper and it's online, that's not collaboration, guys. That's small talk. You could that's have fa- that, that's Facebook Messenger. <laughs> that's Facebook Messenger. Exactly. Right. Collaboration doesn't mean just chatting to each other. Collaboration means working together. And this is really important. I'm going to stay away from jargon, but working together on the same system of record. So for example, If you are a shipper, you want to ship an order, that same order we talked about from Miami to Sacramento, you put in an order, you submit it, it appears in the 3PL order tenant. The 3PL works on it, assigns, you know, contracts, rates it, puts out offers, gets bids from carriers. They are all integrated on the same system. They are not getting disconnected. Then you assign, pick pick a carrier that gets tendered, you assign a carrier, carrier picks it up, gets a notification on his phone. My point is all of them are on the same digital network. And this supply chain is a network of human beings. That's why it's called the supply chain network. And what we do when I say collaboration, what I mean is this network which allows transactions and data to freely flow amongst the participants about this network so that you can get stuff done. My definition of collaboration is connecting people and systems to move things. 
And that's what we do at Turbo. So that's really an important point. Right. And I do like the idea that one of the challenges you see a lot in this business is instant messages outside a system. So it's, as you said, it's the small talk. It's also emails outside. So like if I was Which to- worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if I send you a message saying, Kate, your shipment's going to be a day late and $300 more expensive. And you later don't get that. You don't get that email because you're out and about. And you don't get that message and it's not in the system. And then later on, I go, Hey, remember when I said that was going to be late and, uh, $300 more? You're like, what? Yeah. Uh, maybe check your email from a month ago. <laughs> That's not the way we want to do business. And that erodes trust, you know, that erodes trust because then you're like, what the hell happened here? And the guy's like, well, I'd send you an email. You're like, really? <laughs> you know? No. So what you're saying is attach that to the record. So the only communication about that shipment is inside the system where everybody can see it. Correct. And hopefully it timestamps and all. And, and not that we don't all trust each other, but one way to trust people is to say, yeah, it's all in that same system. So we're out. You uh, have a single source. You need to have single source of truth. You cannot have multiple copies. So that is really critical. Now to make it step up and make it a little bit more abstract because I gave you a very simple literal example of what collaboration means. But for people who want to want a little abstract view of it, concept view of it, think about it this way. Think of three circles. So work with me, okay? Think of three circles. Circle one is what I call systems of record. These are your TMS, kind of classical, you know, where you're putting in an order, submitting a thing, blah, 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 system of record. Everybody knows that. Circle two, is what I call systems of engagement. These are collaboration, messaging, common data, and all that kind of stuff. And the third circle, which you need, is system of intelligence, which is analytics, insights, AI, all those kinds of things. Now, when you are a 3PL or you're a broker or you're a shipper and you're buying technology, you're buying technology which is in you know one of these circles because you need all three. What we have done in Turbo is we have fundamentally challenged that hypothesis. And we have said, no, wait, hold on. You can have your cake and eat too. You can engage and submit an order. You can get a optimization data analytics report while you are looking at your carrier record. So what we have done is we brought those three circles together. Now imagine we are constructing a Venn diagram, if you may, that center where those three circles intersect together. Joe, can you see that center? Yes, I can. You can see that center. That is the sweet spot. That is the spot of accelerated productivity. That is the spot of elevated customer experience. And that is the spot where Turbo lives. Nice. That's what we call by collaboration. Nice. I like it. I like it. And, you know, you mentioned the AI element and the idea that we have start to have that analytics and hopefully some real time insights, because the one of the other challenges and, I, you know, again, this is it's a progression. You get a lot of stuff in your rearview mirror where you go, oh, I got a report on what I should have done last week. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. That's a Monday morning quarterback. Well, Thank you. Call me, I will call you now. <laughs> yeah. What I want is it to say. Hey, you know what? Why don't you uh, consolidate those three loads right now? And you go, Oh, didn't realize I could do that. Exactly. exactly. So I like the idea that it's all attached to this one record that you're all in this, you're kind of all in the same virtual room. In a perfect world, all the people who are working on a shipment in a way would all be in the same room. And we can't obviously because we're in different locations, but different companies. 
yeah, different companies. But it'd be nice if we could say we're all in the same virtual room looking at the same record. Right, right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So continue on. Tell us a little bit more about your AI and how that helps this with this collaboration and helps this frictionless logistics we're talking about. And that's exactly right, right? So the idea, and, and I must confess to you and your listeners, the word frictionless logistic was not my idea, right? It, it was my customer's idea. So we were talking, I was talking to our customer and, 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 you know, to me, by the way, I always think that all my best ideas are not mine. They belong to my customers. So I must say that on the record on your show, right? <laughs> True. Let it be noted. So I was talking to this gentleman and I, and I, I won't give the name now because I've not told him I'm telling you the story. So you know, that will be inappropriate. And I was like, we were talking about the industry and he's like, Ketan, all I want is to eliminate friction. And he's the CIO of a very large company. I'm like, eliminate friction. I'm like, tell me more. It's like, just look at the friction that exists in my supply chain. If my technology can eliminate that friction, we don't need like crazy ass rocket science innovation. Let's be careful, right? This is the another place where technology has failed. The supply chain industry, transportation, logistics industry is we have not built, how do I put this mildly? Doing the basics incredibly well is far more valuable than some moonshot, crazy, adventurous, innovative corner project you are doing. Do the basics incredibly well. That is what the CIO was telling me, is the systems he has does do not do the basics incredibly well. The basics are human beings connecting to each other to move things. And that's why he coined the term frictionless logistics. And I, I latched onto it because he was telling me another story, which ties to the question you asked, right? Is more about collaboration. He's like, I'm like, but there are so many visibility providers out there. Um, Joe, have you heard about visibility? Yeah, every day. <laughs> okay, great. I, I love visibility. Don't get me wrong, right? I love it. It's like, who wouldn't want visibility? I mean, that would be wrong to even think about, right? But let me ask you, let's play this game, Joe, okay? You are sitting in a car, right? And I would love to be next to you, but social distancing <laughs> and all that, you're not going to do that right now. Uh, you're driving. It's this beautiful dashboard, really beautiful dashboard, right? Lights are blipping. You know your speed. You know the direction. You know everything. And you're looking at that dashboard and you're like, yes, I've got visibility. But if you have to change your direction and turn left or turn right, the steering wheel is on the right seat. So you have to, while the car is happening, you have to get out of your seat, swivel chair into the next seat, turn direction. Then if you have to brake, the brakes are somewhere else. So you're again swivel chairing. Are you getting me? Are you getting yep. me? <laughs> yep. Like, are you with me? Right? Okay. Is that is that something you want to do? No, I want it to be easy. Because that's what I call as a false sense of comfort. When you think only visibility, you are, no doubt you need visibility, but what you don't want is a false sense of comfort. Most visibility solutions out there, they run only an inch deep and you fall down the execution cliff, if you may, right? You see something, but you're like, oh shit, I want to take action. I want to do something. I want to... I you're like, well, no, 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 you you, you, you saw it. That was enough. <laughs> see, see, but don't touch. You know, like how you're in museums, you can see something, but no touching, right? It's, it's like that problem. So that's why I'm not, I feel again, again, there is going to be a trough of disillusionment for people who are only thinking about visibility when they think about their 
supply chains. No doubt it is required. It is a feature. It is not a product. Yep. You know, when you're talking about these different softwares, and it reminds me sometimes of my phone, uh, we all like having the smartphones and the apps on it. And so I use LinkedIn a lot on my phone. Yeah, I use a few different apps. Whatever we all we're all a little different, but I keep thinking, well, there's probably ten apps that are probably eighty percent of the volume, right? But when you get a phone, it's like all these apps are on there. Like it's like who puts these on? I don't even know. I didn't download some of the apps that are on my phone, and some of them are like, oh, you can't delete that at settings. But it it kind of reminds me a little bit of the technology when you get technology that you go, what's this screen for? Well, in case you want to do this, and you go, yeah, but. I never do that. All it does is just muck it up a little bit. So I like what you said is kind of have that elegant solution to the problems I'm really suffering with. More is not better, you know. So coming back to this topic, then then the point is, as you said, you know, it's not about just visibility. It's not and not really important. You don't fall down the execution cliff. That is why when we define collaboration, it is visibility plus collaboration plus execution. That's important. So you're all in that virtual room doing that business. <laughs> because all that's all they want to do. Like all a truck driver wants to do is drop the load, get paid, go home. All a dispatcher wants to do is keep the wheels running. All a freight broker wants to do is get the next load picked up. All a carrier sale representative wants to do is no empty shelf ever. Like, come on, we are human beings. All we want to do is do our job and go home to our families, right? Technology should not get in the way. And that's why our focus is, as I said, visibility plus collaboration plus execution in one seamless experience. And that's Turbo. Yeah. Well, I did get a little tour of your system. It is very slick. I really enjoyed uh, what I saw of it. I'll, I'll share that with my team. They they do all the hard work. I get all the... <laughs> well, that interface means a lot to me. And it's also, it's nice to have, you know, every once in a while you see like a really slick interface, but you go, is there anything behind it? And the other side is really powerful, but I'm clicking from screen to screen to screen to make things happen. I don't like that either. This is great stuff, Kate. And so give us a little summary of this topic. We talked about a lot here. Summarize this bad boy and put a bow on it. And then you'll tell us a little about what's going on over at Turvo. Thank you. First, you know, once again, thank you for for having me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, do not have a system suite of things. Just don't. You're going to spend millions and millions and, and I'm not sure what you're achieving you know, have a customer-centric view. And your customer, you know, if you're a broker, your customer is the shipper. If you're a shipper, your customer is your customer. It doesn't matter who your customer is. They are your customer. What is the experience you're giving them? Number two is transportation is a team sport. Just by think, sit back for a second after this podcast and think about it. It's a team sport, which means you need teamwork, which means you need collaboration, period. Without that, You are simply designing siloed systems and spending yet millions or worse. You know, in spite of all these systems, you spend all your time in email and spreadsheets. Then tell me once again, why have we spent those millions of dollars? Because the system failed you. Number three, it's not just about visibility. Remember that visibility execution cliff I talked to you about. Right. Yeah. It's just the beginning. <laughs> it's visibility is just a feature. I mean, in Turbo, you get visibility for free. You don't have to pay for it. You know, it's included. And number four is look, always design with your ecosystem in mind. And that is important, which brings me to my last point is 
having a great system just for yourself is not going to help you if the five people in your ecosystem who you rely on do not have similar technology. And that is why one of the essence of Turbo is, uh, and which will be my last point, Joe, is not just visibility, collaboration and execution, but on what I call is the industry's first organic network. It's like LinkedIn. It's like the internet of shipping. You can connect with anybody with just a click, no idea. So if you're a small broker and you want to have do business with uh, Bob's Trucking in Saratoga, you can find Bob's Trucking, click a button, connect with Bob's Trucking, assign them an offer, get going. And that is the network. So I think if you look at those four points together, at the end, I just have one request to Joe, you and, and, and to you, to all your viewers is get engaged. Make your voice heard. I must confess, look, we we don't, I don't think so. I have the solutions for everything. Remember I said all my best ideas are not mine. So get engaged, you know, send us your feedback. That is why Turbo is doing so well is our customers are giving us so good feedback and they're engaged in building this path-breaking technology, which I feel is the most disruptive thing happening right now. So get engaged, you know, look me up on LinkedIn, look me up on Twitter, wherever, or Joe, I can send you my email address. You can put it along with the podcast. And I would love, love, love to hear from all of you. Yeah, I will put all your information in the show notes and share this on LinkedIn. And I do think it's really interesting because you guys have taken a a fresh look because, you know, there's a lot of technologies out there. And the way we're going to get better, the way the world gets better is people showing up and saying, we're going to take a fresh look. We're going to continue to collaborate with the customers because I think that voice of the customer so easy to miss. And it, there's this natural friction that we're trying to get rid of, which is us who are the users don't want to spend time with the guys who are trying to develop user requirements because I'm busy. I don't have time to talk to you about your stupid systems. They don't work anyway. And then the systems guy says, I just need to talk to you. But in some ways, he says, I already know the answer. So we have to kind of force ourselves to say, we're going to sit down and we're going to collaborate. We're going to understand each other's requirements so we can do a better job. Yeah, just you know, start with your customer and you will always make the right decision. So tell us a little bit about Turvo. What's going on? How, how can they reach out to you? Well, we'll put your information in, but do you guys have any upcoming webinars or anything you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, and number one destination for you to keep in mind, turvo.com, T-U-R-V-O.com, our new website. We have a website, but uh, you're going to see a new website getting launched very soon. Super pumped about that. And that's going to have a place for all the upcoming events and all those kinds of things. So stay tuned for that in middle of summer. Number two is Turvo. As I said, you know, we are on an, we are fueled by customers. I don't know if you saw the recent press release, Rider did with us. Ryder is one of our customers. Ooh, that's a big boy. (laughs) They are fantastic strategic partners of ours. And if you look at the Ryder press release, you can Google Ryder and Turbo and you will see the press release. It's a very compelling story. Uh, We have dozens and dozens of more customers working closely with us and we 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 are really growing fast. The company has, Scott Lang is our new leader. I joined the company two months ago. 
We have a lot of energy going into the innovation. And late this fall, you're going to see a whole slew of new products and technology. For example, I'll tell you one of the things we just launched is automated appointment scheduling. If you manage warehouses, this is just an add-on on top of Turbo. You know, Turbo is the platform and you can keep adding more on it. Appointment scheduling is really exciting, completely digitized, pickup drop-offs. I like it. I like it. Turbo pay. You know, Joe, have you heard of something like, did you know like on average people spend 2 to $4 in processing an invoice? Well, yeah, I was going to say billing and invoicing is one of my hotspots because I hate the idea that you might drop something off and then like six months later they go, oh, by the way, there was uh, extra costs on that. Yeah, and, accessorial. So like, what? Yeah, and you're like, well, didn't you know that the day of? And then the other thing is, what, why, why aren't we getting paid faster, right? The whole idea that everyone holds money for 30 days. More than 50% of the payments, at least happening in the U.S., are through paper check. And all the invoicing is paper-based invoicing. And then, you know, if you're a broker and you're doing paper-based invoicing, you're getting all this, you're doing manual freight audit, then you're entering it in an Excel, then you're going to your bank, you start entering those one by one. Or if you're smart, you will create a NACHA file. There is a thing called as a NACHA file, N-A-C-H-A which is all zeros and ones. Now, I know I've, I'm sure you've heard of nachos, but not nacha, <laughs> right. which is just mind-boggling to me. Well, we have a product. We've just launched Turbo Pay. It takes oh, I like it. suffering away. Right? I, I'm sensing a trend here that you guys are going to continue to develop. Ah, exactly. And that is our strategy is keep building our, our network, our platform, our core execution for transportation, shipment planning, order inventory planning is built. Analytics is built. Now we are adding more applications on top of it. It's like an ERP for... Uh... No, I, I wouldn't call it an ERP. I would call it a smartphone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I get that. ERP kind of has that negative connotation of, yeah, it takes six months and four deaths to uh, implement. <laughs> it takes two hours for you to get going with Turbo, and it takes you two more minutes to connect with everybody you want to do business with. So I feel like we, uh, a lot of, lot of, lot of exciting new innovation happening. So we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you. We want to hear about your problems, your challenges. And more importantly, we want your feedback. You know, one thing I always aspire for is feedback because I think so that will just help us build better solutions. So come tell us what we could do better. Excellent. Caton, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about Turbo and frictionless logistics and collaboration. Thank you so much, Joe. And thank you to everybody listening in. Appreciate everybody's time. Have a great day. Yeah, thank you to everybody for listening. I, your continued support is very much appreciated. Till next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 